Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. Strange way of pointing things out to us. <clears throat> Often when, I, when I've taught with more senior teachers who are 20 and 30 years older than me, I see them fumbling with the, the normal over-the-ear pieces, and I sit there going, God, can't they get it together? And we have this strange <laughs> headset here. It's just very odd to put on. Can you hear me okay? Okay, great. So hopefully we don't all fall asleep since it's after lunch. Try to keep your, your energy bright if you can <clears throat> as we practice together. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, great. We can do the little head nod thing going forward. Yeah. Um, so what I'd like to do is uh, first talk a little bit about metta practice itself, how it's done, where it comes from, uh, and give you some specific instructions. Then we'll practice together uh, for a while. Uh, and then we'll have a little bit of time for questions, and then I'll give some, some more instructions for the walking with loving-kindness practice. <clears throat> so uh, first things first, to just remember some of the basic principles of our practice, uh, that we're not trying to create some certain experience uh, or try to attain a, a state to get anything or to get rid of anything, um, but we're cultivating the ground of our mind, of our heart. Uh, it's like a craft or an art where we're just sort of very patiently, steadily working, uh, massaging um, uh, the, the psyche with the techniques. The power of, the, of metta practice lies in the sincerity of our intention on the one hand, and in the wholehearted gathering of our attention, one phrase at a time. Not in what we feel or what we experience. Uh, the tone, as we've already been talking about on the retreat, is one of, of kind awareness, affectionate awareness. Ajahn Sumedho uh, says, metta is kindness with awareness. And uh, this word metta in Pali, I'll talk some more about it tonight, um, often translated as loving kindness, which can sound a little bit fluffy or uh, overdone. Uh, it's really actually a very uh, down-to-earth, ordinary feeling that's accessible to all of us. It's that basic capacity for human warmth, as the Dalai Lama says. So basic human warmth. It's the feeling you get when you see a friend that you haven't seen for a while and something in the heart goes, hey, so good to see you. That's metta. So it's important to just be very concrete about it. Like how does it feel when someone gives you a hug? How does it feel when someone puts their hand on your shoulder, right? This is something that we all feel, that we all experience. 
as we explored this morning in the, the early sit with the chant that we did, um, the, uh, the earliest instructions that we have from the Buddha in this tradition for loving kindness practice um, involve this sense of just this kind of expansive radiation of goodwill in all directions for all beings, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. Um, So I don't know about you, but certainly for me, just kind of dropping into that state of open, expansive goodwill isn't so easy. Uh, Certainly not for an extended period of time. We might be able to touch it for a moment. Uh, So over the centuries since the Buddha's time, various techniques were developed uh, to give that sense of being able to abide and pervade in a space of goodwill some uh, some rails, some traction, so that we can actually work uh, work the mind and work the heart and 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 gather and strengthen that quality so um, in this tradition, uh, the practice of loving kindness, one of the most common methods or techniques is done with a silent repetition of phrases. Many of you have done it before and are familiar with it. For others, it will be new. And as I said, it's this um, wholehearted uh, gathering of our attention, just one phrase at a time, uh, wish, offering these, these wishes of goodwill to ourself and to others. The practice is done um, in expanding circles of of care and affection. Uh, traditionally, it's done starting with oneself, then for uh, a mentor, what's called a benefactor, a good friend, uh, a neutral person, someone who we don't have much feeling for either way, then eventually uh, a, someone who we have difficulty with, that's traditionally called the enemy, in the texts, and then beyond that, expanding to different categories of beings. When you do metta practice uh, intensively on a long retreat, um, you do metta practice for all breathing beings, all personalities, all living beings, uh, all the beings to the north, all the beings to the south, to the east, to the west, is expanding circles. On this retreat, we'll just kind of do them all at once, all, all beings everywhere. Metta practice is meant to be done in the easiest way possible. And this is a very important principle for loving kindness practice. It's not meant to be difficult. So some of the images in the texts are very, uh, very powerful f- uh, to illustrate this. One, one of the ones from the commentaries is it's like a, a stream or a waterfall that's filling a pool and, as one, and then one pool fills, and then once that pool is filled, it naturally spills over into the next pool. And so that's the image for expanding the sense of goodwill from each category to the next. <clears throat> Classically, we start with ourselves. However, as uh, you might wonder, well, I thought we were supposed to start with the easiest category. (laughs) Um, It it seems that uh, in the time of the Buddha, that might have been a lot easier than it is today. 
maybe the uh, kind of patterns of self-hatred or self-loathing or guilt or shame weren't as strong in uh, in ancient ancient agrarian India as they are today. So oftentimes in the modern tradition, uh, we'll start with the benefactor or the good friend. Uh, so just to say a few words about about uh, a benefactor, this is um, somebody who it's really easy to feel a sense of warmth for. You have an uncomplicated relationship with them. When you think of them, something inside lights up. This could be someone that you know, uh, someone who's helped you, uh, who's lifted you up, who's mentored you. It could be a teacher, a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle. Uh, It could be a child, a niece or a nephew or a little cousin. You think of them and it's just, just that sense of joy and lightness comes up inside in a very easy, effortless and unforced way. It could be someone that you've never met. It could be a historical figure, someone who inspires you. Yeah, the 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 the, the key characteristic is that um, it's easy to feel goodwill towards them. So this is where we'll start, uh, where the the offering or the suggestion is is to start. Also, classically, the instructions are to choose uh, people who are alive. Um, There are different thoughts on that. If it feels really important to you, if the person who comes to mind for you as a benefactor is someone who's passed away, but it feels really important to you to have that person as your benefactor, that's fine. Um, I've I've taught a lot of um, mindfulness and kindness practice in schools, and in the schools, we make sure that the children don't choose somebody who's passed away because then it often just goes into sadness and grief. And the same can happen for us as adults, but uh, we tend to know ourselves a little bit better uh, in terms of our emotions. So uh, just keep that in mind if you're choosing someone who's not with us anymore. In other words, if that's a potential, then maybe don't choose that person. <clears throat> Uh, So this practice, as I said, is meant to be easy. It won't be (laughs) all the time, uh, but that's the intention. And so you have a lot of options. Um, It's not meant to be uh, this kind of um, narrow, brutal, oppressive, um, firing away of phrases inside. (laughs) And uh, it's not meant to be a struggle. So if if at some point the repetition of the phrases, which I'll talk more about in a moment, uh, becomes um, oppressive, it starts to feel too verbal, um, or it feels like your mind needs some rest, uh, or something really strong comes up, there's always the option to just shift back to mindfulness practice, to come back to the simplicity of presence, feeling the body, feeling the breathing, feeling the walking. So you have that resource And that's always available to you in the practice. We work with different components uh, in the the actual technique that are meant to bring together the heart, the mind, and the body, the different faculties of a human being. And at any given time in the technique, one, one facet may be in the foreground. 
So at some times the phrases might be very strong and very clear for you. May you be well. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. At another time, the meaning of the phrases may, may deepen or open in beautiful ways. What it means to be safe can, can shift. What it means to be happy or to be healthy or to live with ease. Uh, the, the intention sometimes can be what's in the foreground. Or sometimes there'll be a feeling present, the sense of warmth or joy or uplift or care, sort of tenderness, all of that can be present at times. Uh, the image of the person, their, uh, their, either their sense or their visual image, sometimes gets quite sharp and clear. So there's no one way it's supposed to look or feel, and it will change over time. The main thing, though, to keep in mind, again, is that we're not trying to produce or manufacture a feeling or an experience. Metta practice is a practice of intention. So we're setting an intention, we're strengthening an intention. I might not like you, I I do, I like all of you, even though I don't know you. I enjoy being here together, I do. My very first meditation teacher in India is this little Indian man, beautiful man. He was um, Joseph's Joseph's teacher, Manindraji. I I got to him at at the end of his life and he would sit there in, in the meditation hall in front of us all in his little white robes and and look down at his thumbs at the end of a sitting and he would say, I love you all very much. <laughs> it was so touching and he meant it. Um, so I do, I do genuinely care for you. <clears throat> and I don't care for everyone in my life. <laughs> there, are people, there are people I don't enjoy, but I still wish them well. So as Ramdas said, you can kick someone out of your life, but never kick them out of your heart. You know, so it's a practice of intention, not of feeling. We can always wish someone well. May you be well. You know, someone's given us a hard time. Someone cuts us off. You know, may you be well. Just may you be happy. May, you know, may you be well. <clears throat> So the actual practice, the basics, um, we start with the body, as we've been doing, feeling the body, uh, holding the image of of a person. So we'll be starting with the benefactor. Some people are more visual than others, and that's easy. Uh, For others, it might just be more the sense of the person, just like you're feeling like you're in their presence. Then seeing if you can connect with the genuine wish for their well-being, just that genuine intention May you be happy. The phrases. So the phrases are the vehicle for our attention, for, how, for, for, for transforming how we're relating and paying attention. It's the, it's the conduit for gathering our focus and, and uh, channeling our intention, for guiding the mind. So the phrases become, in metta practice, like the breath are in mindfulness practice. The phrases are what we keep coming back to, just that very simple repetition, one phrase at a time. We'll offer some different versions of the phrases. Um, Each of us, when we lead, uh, may offer different phrases. We've developed what works for us over time. Um, There 
should be some phrases posted on the bulletin board after we leave here, a few different versions that you can look at and get a sense of what might work for you. Um, try to settle on three or four, sometimes five, uh, simple phrases by, by this evening. So it's fine to try a few out, see what feels right for you. Um, traditionally, in the classical text, the f- they're, f- they're framed in the negative. May you be free from danger. May you be free from mental suffering, free from physical suffering. May you take care of yourself happily, or may you live with ease. Often here in the West, we put them in the positive. May you be safe, be happy, be healthy, live with ease. And then there are variations that you can, you can explore. You don't have to get the perfect phrase, just good enough, just phrases that are good enough. They're, they're meant to be general because they're going to be applied to all of these different categories. So we're not trying to choose just the right phrase for each person. What does this person really need? We're looking for phrases that are general that can be applied to many people. And the spirit of the phrases is one of generosity, of offering. It's like offering a blessing. We're not demanding that someone feel a certain way. It's not a prayer. It's not a mantra. We're not entreating anyone. It's just that sense of like, when you see someone, you're like, have a good day. Or someone's birthday, it's like, hey, have a great birthday. You know, I hope you have a great year. We know it might not be, but that's, that's not the point. Right? The point is just that wish, that offering. So that's the spirit of the phrases. Find a pace that feels comfortable to you. You don't get extra credit for doing more phrases. Just, just steady, simple. It's like a, like a song or a poem in your heart. All kinds of things will come up. All kinds of things can come up. Difficulties, challenges, uh, thinking of your benefactor and realizing you know, uh, I'll never be as wonderful as they are comparing ourselves, or they're doing great. They don't need my love, you know. When am I sitting here sending love to them? <laughs> so just knowing that um, all sorts of experiences that are not metta will arise, and that's okay. <clears throat> and if you get lost or difficulties come up, um, there's, you know, a couple of just basic options that you have. The 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 basic engine of our practice of just letting go and coming back to the phrases, just beginning again. When we get lost, we get overwhelmed, something difficult comes up, we notice, we just let go, come back to the phrases. If that doesn't feel right, feels like it's too much what comes up, um, we can offer the, the kindness to ourself, wishing ourself well, bringing that warmth to ourself and our own experience. And as I said earlier, we can always just come back to, to basic presence, to this uh, powerful tool of awareness, of just being with things as they are. This is what's happening right now. Feel the body, feel the breathing. Notice the thoughts, allow the emotions to roll through. So, 
Why don't we do some practice together? The, the first instruction the Buddha is said to have given for metta practice is to sit comfortably. So keeping in mind some of the pointers that Booker offered earlier. And sitting comfortably also means um, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. We're not striving to attain something. We're not pressuring ourselves to somehow love everyone in our life by next Wednesday or <laughs> forgive the person we hate. Just sit comfortably, just relax. You might imagine uh, sitting in uh, a favorite place out in nature, uh, an easy chair, or sitting in a, a ray of sunshine. It's just that sense of ease, relaxation, and also receptivity. Feeling the body sitting. Grounding our attention in the body. Feeling the support of the earth, the chair, the bench or cushion. And when you like, bringing to mind the image of a mentor or benefactor. Seeing their face, imagining that they're here with you or that you're with them. And getting a sense of how it feels to be in this person's presence. Bringing the awareness to the heart center around the sternum of the chest. Sometimes we offer the instruction even to place one hand on the heart when doing metta practice. At any time, if that feels supportive for you, that's an option. And connecting with the genuine wish for this person's well-being. Calling that forth. And offering that wish one simple phrase at a time. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease.
silently repeating the phrases. Connecting with this simple intention, just one phrase at a time. be safe and protected. May you be deeply happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you live your life with ease. From time to time, after you finish a set of phrases, you can pause and just linger, feeling the body, sensing the heart, just allowing space for any sense of connection, care, the echo, of the phrase or the person, whatever's present. So this is an embodied practice of goodwill.
giving your heart's full attention to each phrase, connecting with that genuine wish May be safe and protected. May you be deeply happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you love yourself unconditionally, just as you are. May you live this life with ease.
So I'll offer some suggestions for doing metta with walking practice, and then we'll have some time for questions. With uh, walking practice in in the metta, we're less concerned with the sensations of walking and more using the phrases and the intention. So we shift our attention from just being with the sensations of walking as with mindfulness and stay with the phrases. Um, however, there's a lot going on in metta practice if you haven't noticed, right? More than in mindfulness. There's the image, there's the intention, there's the phrase, is repeating them and where am I and I lost the sequence and I start over. So um, doing that while walking can be complicated. Uh, so uh, it's fine to simplify. Um, there are different ways of doing metta practice with walking, and I'll offer a few, and you can experiment and see what works for you. Uh, some people like to just take two phrases. May you be happy, be peaceful, be happy, be peaceful, and just, just boil it down like that. Uh, some people like to, to time the phrase with, a, with the steps as a way of keeping things synchronized. Um, that, that's, an, that's an option. Not that it should become oppressive or tight, but if that's supportive to you. Um, the image will, will probably be less predominant, which is fine. It can more just be the sense of the person. You can use the person's name. That's always an option, whether sitting or walking, to, to evoke uh, their their sense, to just say their name, either at the beginning of a set of phrases or at the beginning of each phrase. You can also do metta for yourself during the walking. because we, we always have a sense of ourself, we're right here. Um, and this is a very common thing to do on, on metta retreats in the, when we're not doing like a long month long or six week intensive. Um, during the walking, it would just be metta for yourself. And then if someone else comes into your awareness very, very clearly or strongly, whether it's a person or a bird, um, then you could just send some metta to them and then you come back to yourself. May I be happy, may I be well, may I be peaceful, may I, be, may I live with ease, whatever your phrases are. So that's, a, that's another option is doing it for yourself and just offering it to someone else when they come into your awareness in a strong way. As I said earlier, it's also an option to come back to mindfulness practice at any time. If things start to feel tight, if you're struggling, if you're getting frustrated uh, and letting go and coming back to the phrases isn't a viable option, or if something really painful or difficult comes up and offering metta for yourself isn't cutting it, just drop the metta practice and just come back to mindfulness practice feeling the walking. Okay. Uh, are there questions about the metta practice? Yeah. I know as we move between the benefactor and the enemy and so on, we change the image and the person. Mm -hmm. Within each of those steps, mm -hmm. can we switch between people? Uh -huh. So the question was, from one category to the next, we'll be working with different people, but within a category, is it okay to change the person my recommendation would be to stick with one person um, because the concentration will develop more that way. Uh, what you can do if you like is at, like at the end of a sitting, 
towards the end of the sitting. If you've got two or three benefactors, then just have a little party, offer it to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the, um, they're posted on the board, and so you could just copy them down if that works for you. Let's save some paper. Yeah. I find that the visual is very hard to hold on to, like the person mm-hmm. that I'm thinking of. So you just suggested you could put the name in there. Yeah. It's fine if that goes away. I would hold the intention there. So what you might do is just imagine that you're with them. And there might be no image, but in your mind and in your heart, you're with them. Uh, And then you might be surprised their image may spontaneously arise in your mind. So it's, it's just more important to have the sense of being together than seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. neck and shoulder and so when I, I started sending method to the benefactor this was pulling me away so I switched to sending mm-hmm. method to myself mm-hmm. with the awareness of this area and that felt more on target mm-hmm. but my concern is I'd, I'll probably end up doing that the whole retreat because <laughs> you know, on retreats this, yes. stays, this stays with me the whole time this yes. is, I've had this for years yeah I remember <laughs> um I would suggest, um, I mean, it's really up to you. Explore it with curiosity. You know, try, try different things. Um, what I would do if that were happening is I would, I would vary it. So I would spend some time just with the pain in the body, just do it for a whole sitting. And then maybe another sitting, have as your primary intention being with the benefactor and if at various times you need to shift the attention there and shift the attention and then come back to the benefactor, you could also have the benefactor send you metta there. Another way to play with it. Yeah. Yeah. When do you move from one to the next? I was waiting for a pool to fill, but didn't. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I can see I didn't make that as clear as I could have in the instructions. So we'll all move on together tomorrow to another, uh, another category. So for the rest of the day today, we'll be working with the benefactor. So just take your time with it. And um, tomorrow when Jill gives instructions, she'll talk a little bit about that transition because it, it is a little bit artificial because there's like a hundred of us. And so for some of us, it may be like, okay, great, I'm ready to move on. And for other people, I feel like, you know, not so much. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, yeah. So within one sitting, we don't necessarily change the benefactor, but in the next sit, could we change the benefactor? Um, yeah, again, so similar to her question, changing the benefactor, my suggestion is to stick with one person. Choose one person and stick with them. Yeah, and, and, and again, if you want, uh, like at the end of the day, you could do one sitting where you rotate through, or at the end of one sitting, you could bring in two or three people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having those, you know, feeling like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it started, it got very difficult. Yeah. Um, so I did go back to the mindfulness, but it was, I felt like it was too much. 
Yeah, yeah, thank you. Really important question. So she's she's saying that um, found it difficult to, um, the phrase I heard was hold on to the feelings. That at the beginning, the sense of warmth and friendliness was there in kind of a tangible way, but that during the sitting, um, it's it, that was not so much the case, and that became difficult, and so this person went back to the metta, uh, sorry, back to mindfulness. Um, so there's there's a, f- a couple different parts to what I'm hearing in in your question. Uh, the first is we're not trying to. Um, it's not necessary to maintain any feeling. That would be very difficult, tiring, and often not possible. Um, So um, let any feeling that arises of warmth, of care, let it come and let it go. When it's not present, no worries, not, not a problem. Then we just stick with the phrase, the image, and as much as possible, the intention. And sometimes that intention might feel really clear and strong and genuine. Even if there's no actual feeling or emotion, we might really just genuinely wish the person well. Other times it might feel manufactured, and that's okay. You know, just keep, keep kind of inclining the mind in that direction. Sometimes it's just the wish to have the intention for goodwill, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. As if it's coming from like a fear of scarcity. Mm. And I, I wonder if this would be solved with when we shift it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that vulnerability, there's also the judgment of like, you know, you're having mm-hmm. a hard time for not being able to clearly offer it to other people. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so the, I'll just repeat the question in case anyone Uh, offering metta to someone else, there can be a a feeling of vulnerability and a sense of scarcity, like, is there not going to be enough for me? Um, And then also some judgment about that. Um, I'm so appreciative of your sharing that experience because it it starts to illustrate, like, the the range of experience that can arise with, with, with metta practice, right? I should be more loving. I'm not doing it well enough. What's wrong with me? All of the stories or the interpretations or the hurt places that can come up. And that's part of the practice. It's really important to recognize that, that there, it, it, it's easy to have a should in our mind and an idea of what it's supposed to be. And, and just as much as possible, throw that out. It's just the coming back to the intention that's the actual practice, not what we experience. So in terms of your actual question, I think the vulnerability is, is, is natural because we are, it, it, this is a heart-opening practice. And so uh, we will feel more vulnerable. We will feel more, more emotions. Um, it might be that for you, doing metta for yourself is the easiest and is the right place to start. And if you've done the practice before and it is easier to do metta for yourself, then, then please do that, you know, and start there. Because again, it's meant to be done in a way that is that flows and, and that is easy. Um, it's not easy either. Okay, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, then, then yeah, then I would say stick with the benefactor, notice the vulnerability, allow it to be there. At times you can see if you can just, again, have that sense of a, of a tone of care and tenderness around the whole thing. This is one of the ways in which the other Brahma Viharas start to come in as we're doing metta practice. The compa- that flavor of compassion for the vulnerability can be, can be present. And you can also work with the relationship with the benefactor to see like how would they respond you know, with you if that vulnerability were present. Yeah. So we need to, we need to stop uh, so that we have time for the mindful movement, which is happening downstairs next. Uh, and also just a reminder that uh, there'll be um, two of our practice discussions happening at 4.45, one with Jill, one with me. So if you haven't checked the board to see if you're in one of those groups, please do so. Uh, and Devin will be offering some sign-up interviews uh, later this evening. Uh, so if you're not in a group today and you have more questions that feel pressing, you can you can sign up on the board when that sheet goes up. Okay, go well.
Thank you for your practice. Just a reminder of the mantra that I offered you, I think it was this morning, it seems a long time ago already, but it was that mantra to explore and to enjoy. So at this point in the arc of the day might be a time to just notice, what can I enjoy right now? Perhaps it's the fact that the bell just rang, (laughs) the fact that it rang a few minutes early. Perhaps now is the time to really appreciate the late afternoon light or the crispness of the air outside or the warmth of the cup of tea. So just throughout the day, finding ways to see how you can maintain balance, some sense of ease and to keep refreshing the system because, as you all know, this, isn't, this is also hard work. So just, again, the big bow of appreciation for all the effort that you've made so far. Okay, enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.